0: Today, our journey through the Gospel of Mark takes us to the 15th chapter, where Jesus goes before the Roman governor, Pilate, for trial. The story is found in Mark 15, verses 1 through 20. I'm going to read it for you. It says, Very early in the morning, the chief priest, with the elders, the, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin reached a decision. They bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews, asked Pilate. Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. The chief priest accused him of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the feast to release a prisoner whom the people requested a man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate, knowing that it was out of envy that the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why, what crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over, to be crucified. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is the praetorium, and called together the whole company of soldiers. They, they put a purple robe on him, they twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him, and when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him, and then they led him away out to be crucified. Let's pray. Dear Father, what a moving story today, and God, I pray that you will again speak to me to all of us today. Everyone who's listening this morning, I I pray that you will just be at work in their life as I pray you'll work in my life as I present this message. God, again, as always, we pray that we will not just be hearers of your word, but that we'll be doers of your word. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. It might surprise you that it was back in November that we consider Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Remember, he entered the city as a king on the back of a donkey colt, and the crowds worshipped him, spreading their clothes and branches before him. Now that was Sunday, and in this morning's story, it's Friday of the same week. And Jesus isn't being treated as a king, but as a criminal. He was arrested and taken to the home of the high priest for trial before the Sanhedrin. It was again a sham trial with no evidence presented against Jesus. The only charge that they could come up with was blasphemy for Jesus claiming to be the Son of God. And for that and much more, these Jewish leaders wasn't Jesus dead. But the Romans had taken away the Jews' right to inflict capital punishment. And so they would have to depend upon the Roman governor, Pilate, to sentence Jesus and have him killed. And, And that is where today's story begins. Mark 15, verse 1, very early in the morning, the chief priest, with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin, reached a decision. They bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Luke's gospel tells us what charge the Sanhedrin accused Jesus of before Pilate. Luke 23, verses 1 and 2, Then the whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar, and he claims to be Christ the king. Notice they didn't accuse Jesus of blasphemy before Pilate. I mean, that was a religious issue, and Pilate would never be interested in dealing with a religious issue. And so instead, these Jewish leaders were basically accusing Jesus of starting a rebellion against Rome. He had been stirring up an uprising, telling people not to pay their taxes to see and claiming himself to be a king, the Christ. Pilate certainly wanted to investigate such accusations. He had worked hard to shut down all rebellions in Israel against Rome. And he certainly would not let Jesus live if such accusations proved true. And so as Pilate did an investigation into Jesus as a king, I want you and me to do an investigation into his kingly claims as well. I want us to learn several different ways of responding to Jesus as a king. The first way you can respond is you can question if Jesus is a king. I mean, that's what the governor, Pilate, did. He questioned Jesus, Mark 15, verses 2 through 5. We're just working our way through the text. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. The chief priest accused him of many things. And so again, Pilate asked him, Are you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. When Pilate questioned Jesus, he told him that he was the king of the Jews. However, he was not a king in a political or military sense. John's Gospel makes that clear. It tells us a little bit more of what Jesus had to say to Pilate. About being a king, look at first, excuse me, John 18:36 through 38. Jesus said, "My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight would, have, would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place." You are a king, then," said Pilate. Jesus answered, you are right in saying I'm a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? Pilate asked. Jesus admitted to Pilate that he was a king, but his kingdom was a spiritual kingdom. It was not of this world. If Jesus' intent was to set up a military kingdom in Israel, then his followers would have rebelled and fought against his arrest. But that's not what Jesus was after. He was born into the world to set up a spiritual kingdom where people who followed him would listen to him and his truth. Of course, Pilate wasn't sure what truth was. But he was convinced that Jesus was telling the truth and that he was no threat to him, and certainly no threat to Rome. But here the Sanhedrin made these scandalous accusations against him, and Pilate simply could not ignore these accusations. Plus, Jesus seemed able to defend himself against these allegations. But but to Pilate's amazement, he said nothing in his defense. Many men have stand before, have stood before Pilate and made a defense and begged for their life. But Jesus here said nothing. That left Pilate questioning about Jesus, questioning who he was and questioning whether he was really who he claimed to be the spiritual king of the Jews. That is the first way that you can also respond to Jesus as a king. You can question if Jesus is really a king. You can learn enough about Jesus to know that there is something special about him, but never enough to answer all your questions and never enough to learn to follow him and his truth. That is the first response to Jesus as a king. You can question if he's really a king. The second way that you can respond is you can reject Jesus as king. And that's what these Jewish leaders and and this Jewish crowd did. They rejected Jesus as their king. Mark 15, verses 6 through 15. Now it was the custom at the feast to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionist who had committed murder in the uprising. The, the crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews, asked Pilate, knowing it was out of envy that the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priest stirred up the crowds to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one that you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why, what crime has he committed, asked Pilate. But they shouted all the more, crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Pilate had hoped that he could in some way get out of condemning Jesus to death. It was his custom at that time during the Passover to release one of the Jewish criminals as a goodwill gesture. And there was this prisoner named Barabbas that he had who had been arrested for murder as he led an insurrection against the Roman government. And the crowd that day wanted Pilate to release Barabbas. And when he offered to release Jesus instead, the chief priest had the crowd ask him to release the criminal Barabbas. Pilate then asked asked them, What then shall I do with this man you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back, Crucify him, and Peter or excuse me, Pilate, couldn't understand why they wanted Jesus dead. What crime has he done? But but the mob roared even louder, crucify him. John's gospel gives us just, again, a little more insight in what's happening. John 19, 15, and 16, but they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king, Pilate asks. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priest, answered. What the chief priest just said there was a lie. They had no respect for the Roman Caesar as their king, and they certainly had no respect for Jesus as their king. And that was because these chief priests, they liked being their own king. (laughs) They, they like being in control of Israel. And, and it was out of envy and jealousy that they rejected Jesus and wanted him killed. See, you can't have two kings. If I like being king of my life, I'm really not interested in having Jesus as my king. Remember in the Sermon on the Mount how Jesus challenged us to choose, to choose between worshiping God or worshiping money. In a similar way, we must choose between serving the Lord Jesus as our king or serving ourselves as our own Lord and king. And we cannot make or we should not make that same mistake that the Jewish leaders and the Jewish crowd make. That is if we choose to make ourselves king and reject Jesus as a king. That is the second response to Jesus as a king. You can reject Jesus as your king. The the third way you can respond is you can mock Jesus as a king. That's what the Roman soldiers did after flogging Jesus. They mocked him as a king. Mark 15, verses 16 through 20. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is the praetorium. And called together the whole company of soldiers. They, they put a purple robe on him, they twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, "Hail, King of the Jews!" Again and again, they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. And then they led him out to crucify him. These soldiers not only abused Jesus, but they mocked him as a king. They dressed him in a royal purple robe. They put a a crown of thorns on his head. Matthew tells us that they gave him a stick as a royal scepter. They taunted him, Hail, King of the Jews, and they even bowed before him as if to worship him. But they weren't at all interested in worshiping Jesus. They were out to humiliate him and dishonor him and make him suffer. That was his job. I mean, it didn't matter to them who Jesus was. It didn't matter to them the perfect life that he had lived. It didn't matter to them the good things that he had taught. It didn't matter to them the miracles that he had done. They didn't care to understand about any of that. To them, Jesus was only some Jew who thought that he was some sort of king. And the truth is, we mock what we don't understand. That, that was a phrase used in jest in the, in, in the comedy movie, Spies Like Us. But in reality, that is a profound truth. We mock what we don't understand. The soldiers mock Jesus because they didn't understand who he was. And sadly, we live in a society that often mocks Jesus because it doesn't understand who Jesus really is. However, we need to be careful, even as Christians, that we don't mock Jesus. The truth is, we can go through all the motions of worshiping him, praising him as our king, and even bowing before him, but all of that is meaningless. As meaningless as the mocking of the Roman soldiers if Jesus isn't truly worshipped in our hearts and lives. That is the third response to Jesus as a king. You can mock him as a king. in the fourth way, you can respond, you can submit to Jesus as a king. And that is the response that Jesus desires from all of us, to submit ourselves to him as our Lord and King. Just listen to these words from the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 6, 13 through 16. in in the sight of God who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal, who lives in an unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever and ever. Paul reminds us here of the good confession that Jesus made before Pilate. He confessed that he was a king, and he had come to set up a spiritual kingdom With him as the king. And as disciples of Jesus, we need to be living out that good confession. We need to be making him our king, not just with our mouths, but with our lives. Obeying him and our Father God and serving him and our Father God. He is the only true leader. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he deserves all honor and power forever and ever. Pilate did not understand that. The Jewish leaders didn't understand that. The Jewish crowd didn't understand that. And certainly the Roman soldiers didn't understand that. But we of all people understand that. We understand that he deserves to be king of our lives. He deserves our faithful submission to him and his commands. I mean, that's what Pilate expected from the Israelites as their Roman governor. He expected them to submit to him and Caesar as their rulers. And that is what Jesus deserves from us in a far greater way. He deserves us submitting ourselves to him as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That is a part of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Not just making him the savior of our souls. But making him lord and king of our lives. And this is the response that Jesus desires from all of us. It is a response that he deserves from all of us. This fourth response is the right response to Jesus as the king. To submit ourselves fully to him as Lord and King. As I close, I don't want to miss one more quick truth about Jesus as King. And that is all will one day worship Jesus as King. Let me say it again. All will one day worship Jesus as King. The Apostle Paul makes that perfectly clear in Philippians 2, verses 9 through 11. Just listen to these verses. Therefore God exalted him, that is Jesus, to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Can you imagine this scene? All people who have ever lived and all people who will ever live will one day when Jesus returns gather together and bow down in worship to Jesus as Lord and King. That means we all have a choice to make. We can either worship Jesus now as our Lord and King when it can make a difference in our lives and in our eternity. Or we can worship him later at the second coming when it is too late. See, we don't want to just question if Jesus is a king. And we don't want to just pridefully reject him as a king. And we don't want to foolishly mock him as a king. What we should want... It is what Jesus deserves from us as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He deserves to be king of our lives, and he deserves our faithful submission to him and his commands. Let me share some quick practical application here as we close. Number one. Decide what you personally believe about Jesus as a king. Do an investigation of him if necessary. Again, that's what Pilate did. He investigated. And if we think or we wonder whether Jesus is really a king, then let's investigate it. We want to know for sure. Now, number two, don't make the mistake of rejecting Jesus as a king are just mocking his divine authority. Again, that's what the Jewish leaders and the Jewish crowd and the soldiers did. We don't want to make that mistake. Instead, we want to take this third action, and that is choose to make Jesus your Lord and king and submit your life to him and his leading. You know, we we don't live in a kingdom. We we live, uh, again, in a republic where where we elect representatives to lead us. But in a kingdom, the king is ultimate rule. And that needs to be true in the kingdom here, the kingdom of God, in the church, and among believers. He, he, is our Lord and King. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Dearly Father, we thank you so very much for this story. And we thank you so very much for the opportunity that you provide us to decide for ourselves what we believe about Jesus. And Father, I pray that you'll just be at work in each person's life that's listening. I pray that they will recognize the fact that Jesus is who he said he was. That he is God, the son of God. That he is and he deserves to be Lord and king of our lives. And so God, work in us. Convince us of that to the point that we are ready to submit ourselves fully to you. And to your leading. Just direct us now. Work in us that you might work through us to make a difference. We pray all this in the powerful name of your Son, Lord and King, Jesus. Amen. As always, we want to thank you for listening and sharing with us on Sunday mornings. We pray that what we've done here this morning has been a blessing to you and also at the same time a blessing to God. And we want you to know if there's some way that we can minister to you, please don't hesitate to get in hold of us. You can either contact us through our church phone, which is 217-379-4443, or you can contact us through our website. There's a page there, a contact page, paxtonchurchofchrist.org. We'll be glad to help you in any way that we can. And we pray God's blessing upon you in the week ahead. May God be with you. May God bless you.